Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18plusbegambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from TalkSport. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Game Day Preview podcast from TalkSport with me, Sam Matterface, and an eclectic cast of football brains ready to dice up the most important information ahead of all 10 Premier League fixtures this weekend. Liverpool travelled to Chelsea after paying the penalty in Naples, with the Blues likely to be without Mason Mount, but after his penalty woke and Frank Bank on Barkley... Arsenal's marshmallow defence, a super looky-likey, Vardy's top six scouts, and how can you crush your mates on Dream Team as we ask Andrew Butler to unearth the Premier League equivalent of Erling Braut Haaland, plus West Ham and Manchester United, and Watford go to poor, defenceless Manchester City. Every Premier League game previewed ahead of a crucial weekend. This is Game Day from TalkSport. This is Game Day, Premier League preview show. In the studio with me this week, a debut for Nicole Holiday. Hello, how are you? Hello, hello. I particularly liked Arsenal's marshmallow defence. Yes, we'll get Good to one. that in yeah. just a second. You are an Arsenal fan, aren't you? Oh, unfortunately, at the moment, yes. Uh, so, so basically, anything you say about them will be like they're defending, unbalanced, right? Sure. Not biased at all. <laughs> and David Connolly is here, the man who, with more clubs than an average 90s packed lunchbox, orange ones were my favourite. Yes, uh, that's an old joke, but yeah, keep them coming, Sam. <laughs> Got to try a different club joke every yeah. single time you How come on the podcast. How many are there? More clubs than Jack Nicholas? I don't know. Where do we end? I haven't used that one yet. Okay. There you go. Okay. Right, let's get started. Now on to Mount inside the area, he's beaten Hanley and he's shooting towards goal. And that was some finish by Mason Mount, his second goal in two games in the Premier League for Chelsea. And that was an outstanding goal. Stamford Bridge, Rafa, plastic flags, Fabio Aurelio's dodgy free kick, Frank Lampard's double, the 4-4, Torres, Drogba, a rivalry made in the Champions League. And after both teams had brilliant weekends last weekend, are we ready to set up a tantalising blockbuster or what? Oh, hold on a second. They both stumbled in the Champions League. How much of an impact 
would that have? Because Chelsea really should have no chance here against probably right now the best team in the league. But I think up until they lost Mason Mount, David, Chelsea fans were a bit confident. Quietly well, confident. Yeah, and, and with good reason, I guess. I mean, they were brilliant against Wolves, who normally do really well against sides in the top six, don't they? Their record's fantastic, but obviously Europa League has taken its toll on them, certainly. But I think the sort of Mount injury to me, I feel that maybe Frank could have just given him a rest. I think he's played an awful lot of football. He scored, what, 96 minutes against Wolves? Mm. And then maybe with the likes of Pedro Pulisic, he I think he could have afforded just to leave him out. If he's that important, That's just not going to stop a, a tackle from Francis Coquelin, but oh, no. is it going to help the healing process? Well, I, I don't know, but I think he's relied on him so much. Now he's got to call upon someone else who really has been out of favour. So who's going to play that number 10 role, which is going to be a big role against Liverpool? Yeah, I think Chelsea are going to struggle now. I mean, losing Mount, we don't know obviously what the injury is, how severe it is, how long he might be out for, but it, it didn't look great, did it? It looked pretty bad from from where I was sat anyway um I think that's gonna be a huge blow for Frank Lampard um I just think look obviously Liverpool are the likely winners anyway they've they've won every game so far in the Premier League um they're in, in brilliant form apart from obviously the the slip up in the Champions League the other night I, I'm definitely backing Liverpool I think I just think, like you're saying, the problem with Chelsea right now is that they don't have too much depth within the squad. Um, obviously, with the transfer ban, that they've kind of they've got these youngsters, and it's awesome that they've got them. But you need to be careful because if you lose Tammy Abraham, then you know what what are they going to do going forward? They've got the whole season. Inconsistency as well comes with having a young squad. But if mm. they are going to have a template of how to get joy out of Liverpool, David, how, how do they do it? Because Liverpool have got a good record against Chelsea. I think they've lost only one of the last nine against them. Chelsea have won only two of 11 against them uh, over the course of the last uh, few seasons. The fullbacks for Liverpool love to press high up the pitch, get in opposition territory and join in the attack. Sometimes that does mean that they leave a little bit of space in behind. Obviously, they're very rapid and get up and down very quickly. But is that Chelsea? Can Chelsea use that to their advantage at Stamford Bridge on Sunday? Well, they could do, but it depends if they play this back three. I mean, because then you're asking wing backs to go and do that role. I mean, if you look at the Napoli game, they did it really well, didn't they, against Liverpool in terms yeah. of every time they span that ball in behind, they looked really, really threatening. Now, um, did the defeat against Napoli, did it surprise many? Probably not. I think uh, last season they played them. They lost they it, did, yeah. yeah. And they didn't even have a shot on target. So you always knew this was going to be a tough game, right? I don't think it really surprised anyone. Um, but certainly those wing-back, those full-back areas, if he plays that three, will be, will be certainly one area that, that Liverpool will exploit. Now, look, we all work in uh, quite tight industries where you have to be very close with people. You have to rely on other people to help you out, mm -hmm. right? Okay, And sometimes there's fallings out. Okay, yep. people do not necessarily always get on. We like, you know, we, we hate each other, really, the three of us. <laughs> You're awful. But on air, we're like so nice to one another. We make it look You really should be good. sharing the airways with me a little bit more. Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> but Sadio Mane and Roberto Firmino and Mohamed Salah are probably the best strike force, the com most complete strike force in European football right yeah. now, right? Okay. But ultimately, the falling out between Salah and Sadio Mane mm. highlighted something to me. It highlighted just how selfish Mohamed Salah can be. And I think he ha has been this season more greedy than maybe he was last season. I think that, that sort of just focused my mind on that. But also, I've been watching them in subsequent games since that happened. I went to the Newcastle game. I did the Napoli game in midweek. And I just don't think they're as connected as they have been 
last season. Look, Liverpool have been brilliant, by the way, this campaign, because they haven't really got out of third gear yet. They've still won every single game. I just, I don't know. This ain't not right there. Well, in the, obviously, with the international break, it was interesting. I read the, the local Liverpool Echo, and Jurgen Klopp was saying, oh, you know, a lot of the lads have had some time off. Mo Salah yeah, Marley. and Mane. And I was thinking, oh, they went on holiday. Did they go... I doubt they went together. together. But <laughs> hand in hand. That would have been... Um, that would have been a great Instagram picture, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't it? Um, but I think certainly the break would have done them both yeah. a little bit of good. Now, I think Mane's come back really refreshed. Last time they had an international break, he, he barely scored for the club. He, he looked knackered. And he's already said he's, he's had, what, 20 days holiday a year for the last seven years. Well, he looks really refreshed. He was superb, wasn't he, at the weekend? He yeah. scored an absolutely stunning mm. goal. Um, but I agree... There is a little bit more to this because against Napoli, again, Salah to me was a little bit greedy, mm. could have passed to Mane, and Mane had this look, you should have passed me. He went to motion towards him, turned around, thought better of it and thought, uh, let's just forget about it. And he's probably in that mindset now. It's just Mo. That's Mo. Mm. Yeah, but don't they kind of have to be quite selfish? It, it is interesting because obviously if you're in a good position and they're going for it, that, that was kind of the falling out, wasn't it? That I think Mane was really angry that Salah didn't pass it to him and he was in a better yeah, position. at Burnley, yeah. Yeah, but you've kind of got to be selfish and, and surely that competitiveness will maybe push them both to score more? No? Possibly. I guess it's a bit, it's a bit like Aston Villa with Mings and El Ghazi, mm. although they didn't quite oh, yeah. come to blows. But I imagine Close. if Mane was still on the pitch, they, they would probably, at some point, have a bit of a tear-up and say, well, hang on, any chance of you passing to me? What's it's close, not all about you. What's the closest you've come to having a tear-up? <laughs> well, tear up I've had quite a few uh, of those. I can imagine and, this. And, yeah. and, um, Go on, tell us one. Come well, on. I did, there's probably too many, but you, you know, <laughs> often on a football pitch, I think you can have that honesty. And I think it's fine. I really do. And invariably, you kind of just get on with it and put it to one side. Um, but that happens more frequently than probably anyone thinks. But uh, okay, but we- not to the extent that you would maybe go head to head with someone. Yeah. Okay. Who wins yeah. this game then? Very quickly. Oh, <laughs> Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool. Uh, from a, yeah, Liverpool uh, away victory. I think they look they look just imperious form, and also because mm. City are slipping up. I think it gives them that extra little thing to hold on to uh, Chelsea love a big scalp they've beaten the side that start the day on the top of the league on 18 occasions since this inception of the Premier League more than anybody else my first ever match actually was 1987 May uh, in uh, Stamford Bridge in West London beautiful sunshine it finished 3-3 and I tell you what this game in most recent times more often than not has been a draw might be the same this weekend right Let's get to the King Power Stadium. Spurs scored four goals at home last week in a rampant first half. Uh, but uh, David, Brendan Rodgers is not going to allow Toby Alderweireld to play Tom Brady this week, is he? I mean, the guy was like a quarterback who, who never got rushed last week, spraying passes all over the place, diagonal balls into the box over the top of the Palace defence. How much more difficult is it going to be for them against Leicester at the KP? Well, look, they were absolutely superb Spurs. As bad as Palace were, I think uh, Tottenham were outstanding. Uh, finally, Potch has bitten the bullet and he selected the likes of Rose, Alderville, Vertonghen, all in the same team. Now, too often this season, we've seen them out. The likes of Ericsson mm. too. I mean, maybe the damage that he has done by being so stubborn, I think they'll recover from it, but they were sensational. 
like Son was absolutely oh. magnificent, wasn't he? I mean, the part, some of the passing, as you say, all the Virold, even Sissoko into Son in the little pocket. I mean, they were they were brilliant. Yeah, Son is great, and he scored a brace, didn't he? Absolutely mm. fantastic. But also with this fixture, I mean, Spurs have won four out of the last five Premier League fixtures against Leicester, so it's more than likely that they are going to do it. I've I've been impressed with Leicester so far, um, minus the game last weekend. Um, Although they were quite unlucky, I guess. Obviously lost 1-0 to United. Um, But Jamie Vardy is absolutely on fire at the moment. He's doing so well. He could be quite threatening, but I do think Spurs have kind of got back into the swing of things a bit. I think they're finding their feet. I think started off a little bit rough around the edges and obviously we didn't really know what was going on behind the scenes with Parch with some of the players. Um, but I think they're they're kind of nailing it down now. They had I think a real I... problem behind the scenes in yeah. the first few weeks of the season and I don't know if they bought that on themselves or he bought that on himself mm. by continually talking about it but ultimately they look much more settled after their one hour meeting apparently this is what they should do with Mane and Salah by the way they should just get and Firmino just get them in a room Hold have a hands. one hour meeting <laughs> show a viral video show them that video of those yeah. two kids that run up to each yeah. other and don't share the chocolate bar which yeah. is doing the rounds on social media yeah. um, and uh, you know they just flush it all out of their system yeah I mean uh, he has made mistakes even for example if you go back to the North London derby where mm. he selected Davison Sanchez at right back I mean how much better did Aurier look at right back you know looked absolutely fantastic so well, there's a shock a right back playing right back rather uh, than a centre half there you go you know Crazy. but these are simple things so I don't I'm not too sure what's been sort of going on in Poch's mind of late but going back to what Nicole said about Vardy I looked at, at Vardy's stats and he is the most efficient forward there is talk about economical four shots he, on target not all just season, that three not, goals yeah but not just that, his touches, his average touches, because I did a little piece for the Times on this, hmm. th- th- around 16 to 18 touches a game. Was that you just saying you're big time now? Just, just, just <laughs> dropping, well, dropping it in there. Yeah, Casual. just dropping it in. I did a piece for the Times. <laughs> well, yes, you know, highbrow. But um, <laughs> basically, he's he's so efficient with, with what he has. He basically doesn't have a lot, but what he does with it, you know, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So again, I imagine he'll be feeding off scraps. They'll be sitting deep. They'll be playing on the counter-attack. They'll be trying to get it to the likes of Madison but if they play Madison wide as they have done I don't think it works for them no. After, I mean how many times have you seen Ben Chilwell last week get the ball out wide left back yeah. look up he had nothing there mm-hmm. because Madison loves to drift inside so this shape that Rodgers plays is 4-1 4-1 with Madison wide on the left I think he's got to scrap that particularly against Aurea he needs someone out there like an Albrighton or, or somebody who's going to get up and down last week yeah. and it's, it's strange because he played at Chelsea that same system with Madison playing on the left hand side they got ripped apart for the first 25 minutes and then Madison moved infield and they were so much better as a result of yeah. that and actually could have could I mean Chelsea were tired because they played 120 minutes in midweek but they could have won that game he is an influential figure he is very creative he's also got a fantastic haircut and looks very sort of willowy and moves beautifully through the through through any sort of defence he's a really creative player but they're not getting the best out of him at the moment no they're not and, and ironically people said oh last week um, was Madison's audition at, at Old Trafford he could have one here against Tottenham because mm. if Ericsson for example goes might be a better fit for him I tell you it would be a fantastic fit in that number 10 yeah. role Ericsson I don't think he's going to stay no, he's and going. Madison he's, he's got all the tools I feel uh, and a good haircut to go with it <laughs> I think he'd suit Spurs right down to the ground you really like that hair don't you I, I love it I think he looks great I modelled mine on it although I got a bit of an accident with a, uh, a trimmer earlier in the week oh yeah no it just went too far <laughs> some people just don't know when to stop do they 
that was my hairdresser uh, Kane's getting on the score sheet this week isn't he 13 goals in 12 games against Leicester and I bet everyone else was loving it after the game last week but he was furious wasn't he in that dressing room because he didn't score that's what strikers are like yeah I, I mean I don't think they'll play this diamond that they played mm. with Son this will be interesting if, if, if they give Kane a partner or not mm. will they give him someone up top because I, I think he actually prefers being on his own he's one of those loners you know, he wants to be up there by himself. <laughs> you know, I don't think he... I think he likes Son in around him, but I don't think he wants him right beside yeah. him. Do you think there's a situation where he might not share his chocolate bar with yes, uh, I think so. anyone? Potentially. He, he wants that chocolate bar all to himself. <laughs> uh, no, I think he'll definitely be gutted that he didn't get on the score sheet, but then it, it might give him more of a push this weekend. He might then feel like he's got to prove a point and he's, he's brilliant, so he could be lethal. Hey, they were great with that energy that Son provides. Yeah. When he missed those couple of games, you know, you can see what he brings to the Absolutely. team. Absolutely, so does. good. Just to throw it out there that uh, Tottenham away from home are the definition of bad. They're really bad away at the moment, aren't they? When was the last time they won away from home, do you know? Uh, eight, maybe eight, seven, eight games? January that... the 20th <gasps> in the Premier League against Stop. Fulham. That's how bad they are away from home. Oh, wow. Do you think they get three points against Leicester? Yes, I think they will. I think so, but after hearing that, no, I, I think they will. I do, although Leicester are good at the moment. No, I'm going I'm to go with Spurs. We've wavered you. <laughs> we, you, you didn't yeah. know which way to go then. I'm going to yeah. go for Leicester, Ooh. even though Spurs always win at Leicester. Mm. I'm going to be there for game day, live on Talk Sport. Rashmin Chowdhury, Stuart Pearce and I will be there across the rest of the world. It's live on Premier League Live. Uh, let's now turn our attention to things that are happening on Friday night and get a preview of the game between Southampton and Bournemouth. Here's Tom Rennie. Two clubs 30 miles apart off the field. On the field, they can't be separated by very much either. Five play, two wins, two losses and a draw apiece sees them locked together on seven points in 10th and 9th respectively. The Saints deserve great credit for their second win on the road this season at Sheffield United and in Musa Janipo, they may have discovered one of the snips of the summer transfer window. The Mali international was signed for just £15 million and his superb solo goals against Brighton and at Bramall Lane have fans wondering how such a 2009 price was able to be negotiated in 2019. Ralph Harsenhutl, who has done well with limited resources, says the winger still has a lot to learn, but fans have no reason to be so cautious. This man could be a star, and an otherwise functional Saints team could certainly do with one almost as much as they could do with a first home win of the season. For Bournemouth, it was a familiar story last time out, with Ryan Fraser and Callum Wilson again proving their Premier League pedigree in their win over Lackluster Everton, a huge moment in their season, according to boss Eddie Howe. And with players like Lloyd Kelly finally coming back to fitness after long-term injuries, as well as a goalkeeper in Aaron Ramsdale turning out to be a consistent stopper, maybe this won't be a relegation scrap season after all. It's a match much like last week for the Cherries that could have long-term ramifications this season on a ground where they've never won. The Europa League always seems to cause teams problems. Wolverhampton Wanderers have found that a little bit so far this campaign. Burnley stuttered last campaign. Southampton, after getting through to the group stages of the Europa League a couple of seasons back, almost went down to the Championship. Are Manchester United going to suffer as a result of their European commitments, David Connolly? 
Well, if they were, they'd probably be the only, well, they'd be one of the teams to buck the trend. You just mm. have to look at Wolves this season. Everyone thought they'd be able to cope with that mm-hmm. settled team, but they've really, really struggled. So, to be honest, I can't see it being that much different, especially when you look at all the injuries they've had. I mean, Fred came on at the weekend, didn't he? He looks like he's probably, he'll definitely play Europa League, then he might play at the weekend as well. Um, and he's interesting, Fred, because he came in for a lot of money, seen as Carrick's replacement. He had his first game, didn't he, for well a really long time, about 140 days. Yeah. Um, it takes a while, though, doesn't it, sometimes for players to settle into the pace of the Premier League? Mm-hmm. And, and it may be that he has a better season this campaign than he did last because of that. Yeah, I think I think he like look, he likes to bomb forward. When he came on, I think they took Matic off. He came on, then McTominay sat and just allowed Fred then to bomb forward a little bit and get in the box. Now, I think that'll probably suit them if they go to the London Stadium. I think that sitting back and trying to soak up what West Ham have and then hitting him on the counter might be their sort of best threat really and the good thing for them is the likes of Rashford got a penalty got a goal yeah. nearly got another one didn't he hit the bar mm. and I think he needed that certainly after his England performances because he was pretty average I know he was better in the second half against Bulgaria but in the first half he, he really struggled but I think certainly back in the Red Devils kit he looks much happier United might be struggling because they've got a few injuries I mean Daniel James midweek Pogba is quite uncertain at the moment Martial Shaw um, so they could struggle I mean West Ham and United they've actually both had the same start to the season they've mm. both won two drawn two and lost one so they're kind of on equal footing at the moment but I don't know I think Oli Gunnar Solskjaer will feel like he's got quite a lot to prove as well ironically I think West Ham have got the sort of centre forward or the type of centre forward that 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 Man United could do with Sebastian Allaire you just want to take everyone's players and put them in the opposite team well you know I think they they really are struggling for a number nine aren't they that Mm. can have that especially with Martial injured because he is going to be the number nine but he's not a number nine really is he Martial he hasn't really really played there much no so he he could learn that we know we we can learn that, and he's done well in that position. But if you look at I don't know an Ibrahimovic or a Cantona type, big, tall, physical, imposing player that you know, and United traditionally would work off a lot of balls in the box and get good success like that, and then build off a, a decent tall front man who's got the lot. And I think that's what Allaire looks like for West Ham. I mean, you'd make the argument though if if they can't score against Aston Villa, West Ham United, they're not going to score against Manchester United with Harry Maguire and Lindelof in defence. Yeah, but I think that sort of. Allaire is, is going to be he's probably what the tallest player in the league certainly the tallest centre forward yeah. I think that Maguire mm. is going to face and Lindelof if you look at the Palace game Lindelof was out jumped wasn't he by Schlupp yeah uh, when he raced through and then Vestergaard the week after and Vestergaard the week after <laughs> so although uh, Vestergaard is as high as the uh, as tall as the, the mountains <laughs> yeah yeah. so I think they'll give certainly I think Allaire will give uh, the likes of Maguire and Lindelof a challenge that they haven't really faced before the key thing for West Ham is is to get enough balls in the box mm-hmm. certainly from wide areas we know they've got all the technicians but they've just got to deliver the ball in the box Masuaku's out so I don't know who will play left back is Lanzini playing too deep I don't know. I, I'm a Monday night. I just got. I mean, listen. Maybe it's because he's in my fantasy team, right? Maybe because it's may it may be because I'm looking out for him more. But I'm 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 focused on him because I'm so desperate for him to get points. <laughs> You're invested. But I just feel as if he's just playing a little bit deeper than 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 he's used to, and therefore not getting as you say as many balls into the box. Yeah. Mm. Well, certainly they'll need that, and from wide 
Um, if Masawaku's out, I don't know who'll play left. Will it be Cresswell? I don't really fancy him. Um, so they might be struggling in that fullback area, which I don't think it's a. I think it's a position they haven't really solved for a long time. West Ham. Um, as far as West Ham are concerned, they've um, so far this season, I think, probably hit par. Would you suggest that? I think they've done pretty well. Um, I wouldn't completely write them off in this game either. And I mean, look at what we saw last weekend with uh, Norwich and City. I mean, you can't, that's the kind of the beauty of football in the Premier League. You, you never quite know what's going to happen. But you, I, the thing is, West Ham is a little bit like for me, Arsenal, and that I'm not too mm. sure what they are at this moment in yeah. time. I know exactly what Norwich are. They're not going to change for anyone. They're going to play mm. possession play, mm-hmm. playing through the thirds. They've got loads of technicians. I'm not quite sure what exactly West Ham because they've got loads of technicians, lovely ball players, the Yarmolenkos, Lanzinis of this world, and Allaire in there too. And how they sort of formulate that and the goals he scored often come from balls out wide and getting it in the box. I'm not quite sure what they are. If they're a possession-based team, if they're a counter-attacking team, uh, jury's still out on them. But I think they've got some talented, really talented players. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrooks. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides, and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Right. right, Arsenal against Aston Villa next. On to Lacazette, down, round the goalkeeper, gets to the byline, he's very wide, but then turns and shoots and scores a stunning equaliser for Arsenal. What a goal from Lacazette. A high cross in, looking for Grealish! And Grealish has scored! And Aston Villa have two goals in two minutes! Here is Aubameyang running towards the edge of the area after a mistake in midfield. He gets a right footed shot from the edge of the box and slams it home. Arsenal winning the ball back through Ceballos, who started that. Fed Aubameyang, and Aubameyang finished it off, as Aubameyang always does. Villa go forward and have an opportunity and score! And John McGinn has given Aston Villa the lead! McGinn was suddenly free inside the penalty area and produced a tidy left-footed finish. Okay, this is the moment you've been waiting for, Nicole. We're going to turn our attention to your team. Uh, Aston Villa couldn't score against 10 men West Ham on Monday night, but everyone scores against the most unreliable defence in the country. Now, I know that Unai Emery... Oh, savage! (laughs) I know 
I know that Unai Emery looks like a 1950s actor playing Dracula, but his team aren't just scared of crosses, are they? They are ridiculously fragile. When the going gets tough, Arsenal are out of here. Yeah. How do you change that? Oh, I, to Sam, I don't even know where to start. We started off this season, I was feeling quite confident, actually. I thought Arsenal made some brilliant signings over the summer. Defensively, we've had problems there for a few years now. Did I think that David Luiz was maybe, and Kieran Tierney were going to be the, the be-all and end-all and the, the solution? Uh, no, not really, but it was nice to see someone coming in but oh, I just it's just gone downhill again hasn't it I mean we drew against Spurs in the North London derby I was there for that and it was um, a tough watch uh, and then obviously last weekend against Watford it's just frustrating I, mean, I don't I don't know what to say going forward they look great we've got some brilliant players it's just in that defensive and sort of midfield area which has always been a problem yeah. but let me throw in a caveat despite oh. the fact that I took the mick at the top right <laughs> let me just throw in a little bit of perspective here this is an Arsenal team, David, that are playing without 75% of their first choice back four. So, mm. Hector Bellerin is not playing. Mm -hmm. Kieran Tierney is not playing. Rob Holding okay. is not playing. When those three players come back, will everything slot into place for Unai Emery, do you think? Uh, I'm not too sure because... <laughs> is that a no, really? <laughs> yeah, it could a be. A polite no. Um, I mean... If you look at, say, the goals they conceded, certainly against Watford, I don't think it's got anything to do with them defending necessarily. Mm. It's when they have the ball. That's when they seem in most problems at the back. So I don't know why they persist in playing a particular way if they don't have the players. And also, I have to question his formation at times. Mm -hmm. He's played a diamond twice mm -hmm. away at Liverpool, which was... I think Failure. madness although he did have some success at that and they, I thought they put up a pretty good show considering they never even played it before and then he's played it again against Watford and I just don't see how they have the natural width I don't see the players in their rightful positions Pepe to me he's got bags and bags of goals playing out wide on the right as a right winger uh, inverted like a a Mo Salah and he's got him playing through the middle and I think it's an experiment I would just like him to put the players in their rightful positions and I think they'd look much more comfortable. And, and is that the reason they've made so many errors? Because they do make more errors than anybody else. Since the start of last season, Arsenal's players have made more errors leading directly to goals than any other Premier yeah. League team. Even when the player... And they've given away 10 penalties in yeah, that time. But well. even when a player comes off, they make an error. Did you see Gwendouzi when he got stick from the Watford fans? He was substituting. He put his fingers oh, up. You know, no, we're winning 2-1. Two, two, one. One. Another no. mistake. What are you doing? <laughs> you know? But Gwendouzi is brilliant. I actually really rate him. Do you know what? Individually, we have some fantastic players even Pepe needs to score needs to get a goal but do you know what so Arsenal, what as a fan you, what are what they Arsenal you, do you know what that if they've got individual players that are really good and we've all sort of accepted that there are good mm. players in different positions we mentioned the defence but you know what does that tell you does that tell you they're not set up right well look Xhaka cannot play holding midfield on his you, own you could, in a diamond you, you could have just finished that sentence a few <laughs> words ago okay but possibly so it no. makes you it makes you question you know, I think Emery, maybe he has a, a false belief or misplaced confidence in his players that Xhaka can play in there by himself, which I, I don't I don't think he can. I do think when we get, I think when Bayern comes back, when Holding comes back, 
that may change things. So I've given you hope, is what you're saying. It is giving me hope because I've got to let something give me hope. Um, And I think we will improve. I just, I think the past few weeks haven't haven't been great. What do you think about Emery? Do you think he's got a long-term future at the club? Because there were the first rumblings last Sunday Mm. evening after they gave away that two-goal lead. He's come out and said, we've all got to be solid and look after each other. He told the players they had to go out and be as one in post-match interviews. Well, look, they've got probably the best front three, four, five they've had in a long time, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Danny Ceballos, Mesut right. Ozil, Lacazette, Aubameyang, Pepe, they should be achieving mm-hmm. with those players. But I don't think trying to play out in your own six-yard box as they were. Leno can't kick over the halfway line. I don't know if you saw some of his distribution. He could barely reach at times, which made you question, well, why are you playing that sort of way? I, uh, it doesn't all quite fit for yeah. me that jigsaw I, 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 I went to the, the Burnley game at home mm. and the whole game they were trying to play out from the back and they just kept giving the ball away This over the course of the season I think they've turned the ball over more than anybody else in the Premier League they can, they can see so many turnovers mm-hmm. and that's a good thing for Aston Villa because Aston Villa have got players who can take advantage mm-hmm. in that situation and imagine how frustrating it is for say Aubameyang who what did he get to 50 one of the quickest to get to 50 goals, right? Um, And he's there saying, we're literally giving goals away. There's nothing worse when you're a centre forward and you're scoring goals, whatever it is, and you're giving... Someone's passing the ball to the opponent six, seven yards out as as they were against Watford. Mm -hmm. So I got a feeling there's a little bit of dissension in the camp there and I can understand why I mentioned about the rumblings about Emery he has won 78 points in his 43 Premier League games as the Arsenal boss which is the exact same amount as Arsene Wenger won in his final 43 Premier League games as boss you take that statistic and uh, Mm. you can use it on Sunday when you watch your team against uh, Aston Villa at home in your season ticket seat stop it tell your mates about that one (laughs) (laughs) let's get to St James's Park here's Tom Rennie Steve Bruce is looking to avoid becoming only the second Newcastle manager to fail to win at St James's Park in his first three games in charge there after Steve McLaren. Not someone Bruce would have been hoping to emulate when replacing Rafa Benitez this summer. The Magpies find themselves in the bottom three in the fledgling Premier League table with just one win in five. That's smash and grab at Tottenham. But they have played three of the usual top six, so this could be where the campaign really starts for Steve Bruce. The side they can put out is a big question, however, with fitness doubts over Saul Maximin, Sean Longstaff and Fabian Scher, with Matt Ritchie definitely out and Andy Carroll. Well, he's Andy Carroll, you know he's out. Brighton have won just one of their last 14 Premier League matches, scoring just eight goals and drawing a blank on eight occasions in the process. They are a more offensive side under Graham Potter and should have scored the second to see off Burnley a week ago before Jeff Hendricks' daylight robbery equaliser. Their creative abilities should be increased by the return of Leandro Trossard to attacking midfield this weekend as the Seagulls head to a side they're unbeaten against in four meetings, only against West Ham do they have a better Premier League record. Andrew Butler is here from Dream Team. Hello. Hi, Sam. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank good. you. Good. It's like you well. walked into a very lively studio today. <laughs> it was lively. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's very bubbly. It's the last throes of summer. That's yeah. what's going on I think on that's here. it. I think and, that's, we uh, all feel a little bit like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, okay, let's uh, look at uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers and Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park this weekend. Uh, where do you start looking for value in this game? Well, last weekend, you, you remember that I tipped Jordan Ayew to maybe break some sort of weird record about Against being a Ghanaian yeah, yeah. to score three goals in the, the Premier League. How now, did that work out for you? It went terribly, and it went terribly <laughs> within about 20 minutes of the game because we all knew what happened um, yeah. uh, when Spurs absolutely thrashed them in the first half. For me this week, I think you've got to be looking at someone like Wilf Zaha. I know it's um, it seems like an obvious call, but this season he's not really been at it so far and I think mm. this week it looks like a game that has just to you know it has to click for him you know Wolves uh, had a torrid time last week and as well Crystal Palace did as well and it just looks like like Zaha he's only been selected by 8.3% of managers in Dream Team he's at 3.1 million he he needs to be starting to deliver really if Palace are to do anything this season it's about who can in the words of Ian Dowie have the best bounce back ability here isn't it between these two good word Traore is he going to continue at right back right wing back in this game I mean you look for players in Dream Team that are midfielders but are really forwards don't yeah. you I mean to get the points bumped up but a forward playing as a defender how does that affect your points a forward playing as a defender um, well he won't score many goals um, probably from back there unless he comes up for the corners but um, you know it's usually, but even if he does he doesn't get great points does no, he? no 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 of course not and uh, and he won't get any clean sheet bonuses yeah. um, despite so the it's fact, a bit you know, pointless isn't you know, it? we'd love to be able to change the rules for you know for on the odd, odd occasion that this rarity happens but um, yeah unfortunately it probably won't happen and Palace just have to you know they have to bounce back from last week and uh, similar with Wolves as well what about Catroni? Anything on him? I mean, he got nicked a goal yeah, on the yeah. goal line. It was probably hard to. Well, miss, I'm but... really hoping that Catroni comes good because he's, he's obviously one of yours, yeah, he's one of mine. I've got him in my team. I like the look of him last season at, at Milan, and then he came to Wolves. I was like, oh, you know, one of these players that you think I'm being clever here. I'm going to pick him because I've seen like what I've seen, you know, on the continent. And then he comes and he hasn't really been playing much. <laughs> but I'm going to persist with him. And then last week got like nicked a goal, and uh, it wasn't it wasn't the cleanest for strikes, obviously. But um, if he, you know, if he gets minutes, he he's proved that you know he he can stick the ball in the net. I think he will play, don't you? I think they need to freshen things up. So yeah. maybe I'll be going with Catrone, maybe nicking a goal. Uh, Everton have lost three of their last four games against uh, promoted sides. Who can stop them from suffering the same fate against? Sheffield United well Richarlison has moved above Luca Dean uh, as the top point scoring player for Everton in this in Dream Team this season he's got 32 points um, he starts well last season he started well got nine goals in the first half of last season only four in the second half of the season looks like he might be doing the same thing again because he played pretty well against Bournemouth obviously Bournemouth did a really good number on Everton they they kind of did what they had to do I don't know what I really mean by this but a very Bournemouth performance they seem to just attack well against some teams score three goals go home very happy stay in the Premier League it's yeah. a lovely position to be in I wish my team could do that more often <laughs> what's wrong with Everton's defence because in the first few weeks of the season Everton's defenders were like staple diets of your dream team it was get them in quickly because they're just getting clean sheet after clean sheet what what, what happened at Bournemouth? What happened at Wolverhampton Wanderers? Why have they conceded so many, six goals in two games? Well, I think actually Bournemouth were brilliant. I thought Everton were atrocious. Mm. They were so, so bad. And when they concede, I don't think they've won a game. I think when they've conceded first, they haven't won a game. I think they've drawn three and lost 14, which is a real worry for them. So if you're a dream team here, I don't know whether you go for a, some sort of 
away victory and put someone on the score sheet like a Billy Sharp or a Ollie McBurney. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what sort of points you get for them. Everton have got a big problem here because it's interesting you mentioned that. When going behind under Marco Silva, they failed to win any of his 20 matches. It's a similar story if you look back at his statistics at Watford as well. What does that tell you? Well, I t- they were so sloppy in possession. It was absolutely good. All over the pitch, players who were cost an awful lot of money and really accomplished just making such poor decisions and Iwobi a little five yard pass off target Bernard who's normally so reliable losing the ball in possession Morgan Sniding losing the ball the back two Keenan um, Yerry Mina really struggled didn't get a hold of Wilson and he's a, he is a real handful but as you say I mean I don't know are they missing Zuma or, or I don't know what it is they've got two terrific fullbacks but they were just so far off it Luca Dino who's been brilliant just yeah. passing the ball out of play yeah, he got done by Adama Traore though the yeah. week before didn't he, he did yeah quite badly it, it just suggests that Marco Silva doesn't really know how to change anything up if Sheffield United score first this weekend yeah Everton won't win, and they'll it's lose, as simple yeah. as that. Because of you know, it's, it's they'll be he'll be on, bang on under Silver's pressure. At, yeah. Yeah. at Goodison, the fans will be demanding something a, a real good performance. Okay, unearth me a gem like Erling Braut Harland. Well, David, someone that no one knows. <laughs> David actually mentioned the name, and I mean Sheffield United's team is you know obviously come up from the Championship, but Ollie McBurney is someone that I really want to see doing well, and I mm. just wonder if he can see and take inspiration from his fellow ex-championship strikers who have been doing so well this season so far. Timo Pukki, mm. uh, Tammy Abraham, Neil Mopai's got his first goal of the season as well. Oli McBurney scored 22 times in the championship last season. I uh, just wonder if he thinks, ah, this step up might not be as daunting as it might seem. Mm. Well, he had one disallowed, didn't he? Which yeah, was really unlucky. Yeah. It was unlucky because yeah. he wasn't offside. John no, Egan was right. yeah. offside. Yeah. And he, because he threw himself at the ball, that, that goal didn't count. I'm obviously like annoyed him. about this He's because throw- I had Ollie McBurney in my team. Ah. Ah. Oh, so you've already unearthed this gem that's yet to come good. But I just don't tell anyone about it. <laughs> <laughs> He's a throwback, which is what I like. A bit old school, you know, socks down his ankles and... A real in handful. a good way, not in, in a, a Jack Grealish way. way. No, yes. I don't know how his shin pad situation works, though, Grealish. Yeah. I don't know. Does, he, does he wear I them? think he wears, like, kids' Have ones. you ever Maybe. been into a Premier League boot room and seen what the shin pads, yeah. some of the shin pads are? There is a there is a there is a uh, criteria about how big the shin pads have to be, and uh, so there's a lot of Premier League players actually who have the, just a piece of like uh, fiberglass or flexi material cut to exactly the minimum requirements and stuff it down their socks. Yeah. And it is unbelievable like kids, like kids how small yeah. these Why? things are. Well, that is until you have an injury. I played with uh, a lad in Holland and... Uh, Look, we all wear the same, really small shin pads until you suffer a bad injury. Next thing, he has a broken leg, he gets back and he's wearing ice hockey shin pads. <laughs> <laughs> Full legs covered. A mate of mine uh, last week at Five Aside um, on the topic of shin pads. Almost as any, relevant as the did, Premier League. Did, did, yeah. He did used to Was he not allowed to under play? 21s. Oh, oh, Once did he? Upon oh, time, right, yeah. Okay, yeah. He could have been... He could have been Pookie. It could have been him. He um, didn't have any shin pads. The ref said, you need to be wearing shin pads. He got a copy of a... Uh, of a newspaper um, ripped it in two and then used that as his shin pads and the referee said carry on yellow pages yeah. yeah happy days wow um, okay uh, let's get to uh, Norwich talking of Norwich they're playing Burnley away from home this week It's an historic occasion at Turf Moor this weekend. The first ever Premier League meeting between these two regular championship rivals. In fact, 
It's their first top flight clash since 1976, and Burnley could do with adding a bit more flair to their game, having struggled to create chances in their opening matches of this season and finding the net with their only shot on target at Brighton last week. Jeff Hendrick, who scored that goal, is pushing for a recall to the starting 11 against the Canaries. And it's a Norwich that are riding high after another pooky blinder against Manchester City last week, as Clive Tilsley so famously put it. And of course, a Byron blinder and a Cantwell blinder. Well, basically everyone played a blinder in their incredible win against the champions. Those kind of victories don't come along very often. And those superhuman performances can so rarely be maintained. So manager Daniel Farker will be wary of the come down from that all time great occasion. And he's still got injury issues to contend with as well, especially at the back. Still no closer, still no Zimmerman. Max Ahrens, though, might be able to return for this one. And fresh from defeat away at Norwich City, Pep needs a plan to deal with Watford, and that plan cannot include John Stones or Emmerich Laporte. Now, Pep loves a quirky response to situations like this. He's put fullbacks in midfield like Larm, converted midfielders into defenders before. How is he going to solve this conundrum, Nicole? I think, do you know what? I would not want to be Pep right now. Um, I think that's going to be a really tough one. Laporte was quite a big deal in itself, um, quite a big knock. And now to have lost John Stones, um, especially when Liverpool have started off the season so well. Obviously, City have done too, but maybe not as well as they would have liked. Should they have gone for Maguire? They kind of did, and then they backed mm. out. Now, with hindsight... Well, well now, yeah, but it's easy easy to say, right? When you, I mean, one thing City have had is depth. They've been quite unlucky, I guess, to lose Laporte and, and Stones right in, in the same sort of time. But also company left. So yes, and really replaced mm, they no replacement. Really, yeah, and I, I just wonder whether... He might look back here when Liverpool won the league and gone, I didn't get it right. I mean, I think Andre Gray will be rubbing his hands thinking, right, if Fernandinho is going to play centre-half, then happy days. I just wonder what his press conference will be like because I listened to it last Friday before the game and he was so spiky. This Friday, whether he'll be up and at it, whether you know he'll be a bit more positive. Well, what's his press conference going to be like on Saturday night after the game? What do you think? Oh, do you think they would have won. Is, yeah, anyway? it's against Watford. Watford, I think, are quite literally at the bottom of the table. They haven't I won mean, a game this season yet. Yeah, there's no way Watford are going to beat them. Don't no. you reckon? I tell you no, what, they well, they looked much better. They looked a lot more organised, didn't they? They did because mm. he, he went back to Under just Kike being Sanchez simple. Yeah. 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 He went, right, there's our back four, there's our two holding midfielders, we're going to play cleverly in behind the front, I'm going to have Delefe on one wing, Hughes on the other, and a centre forward. Yeah, it's not th- rocket th- science. Th- those well-organised defenders have got to, and midfielders, have, they've got to deal with Sergio Aguero, who's scored two hat-tricks against Watford in the past, and an inordinate number of goals against, I think, ten in seven matches or something ridiculous. I mean, but they've got a energy. Guy who can't stop scoring, right? Yes, but they've got energy. So, so when they don't have mm. the ball, Delafeo can run all day. Um, Hughes can run all day to to track back. So I think they'll do okay in that regard. If they're gonna City are gonna play out, I think they've got the the energy to try and win it up high. My big concern for Watford is is the centre halves. And mm. previously they played a back three at Newcastle, and it was all over the place. Cabasali and Dawson, but they were much improved last week. So. Mm. You, you, I just don't know. Look, it'll oh. take an absolute miracle yeah. to get something. No, maybe not a miracle after the Norwich game, but it will take a, 
something extraordinary. If this was a road, you'd be more mm. positive yes, towards absolutely. Watford, wouldn't you? I mean, but they've won 20 of the last 22 at the Etihad Stadium, Manchester City. They're not going to surrender points no. here, are they? And going forward, they're, they're just so good. Raheem Sterling right now, I mean, Aguero is brilliant, of course, but Sterling is incredible. He is in such great form. I just think he's so good. It, as long as the ball's getting to Aguero, to Sterling, there's, there's no worry about City getting the goals. It will just be defensively if they, they do have those issues. And also, will De Bruyne start? He left him on the bench. Mm. I don't know whether he felt he, you know, he could cope without him, but even the goals they conceded against Tottenham from a set piece, the corner against Norwich, another corner. If De Bruyne was in there, I think he would have headed it clear. He had little Raheem Sterling's normally on the edge mm. doing that job. So because he left De Bruyne on the bench... He actually had to put Raheem Sterling in the near post, who's, you know, five foot five or six or whatever, and Kevin De Bruyne, you know, he's about five foot ten, eleven. So, you know, that was looked like an area Norwich had targeted. That's not the thing they've lost with Kevin De Bruyne not being on the pitch most, is it? I mean, the fact is he's got his fantastic creativity. You've got to you've got I, I know he's had a lot of injuries. And I wonder whether or not the workload meant that he needed to make sure he did take a couple of rests over the course mm-hmm. of the season in order to manage that return to week-in, week-out action. I don't know. But it, se- it did seem a little bit as if he was taking a trip to Carrow Road a little bit lightly. And as a result, they got punished. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens in the Premier League. Right, OK, it's time for the commentator's curse. Ah, yes, you know what it's like. You're commentating on a game talking about how imperious Virgil van Dijk is, how wonderful he is. All over the course of the commentary, you're pointing out how great this guy is. No one ever beats him. Then he passes the ball straight to the opposition striker and Fernando Llorente makes it 2-0 to Napoli. That actually happened to me on Tuesday night. Um, Which poor souls are we going to burden with an astonishing fact that they can't possibly live up to this weekend. Nicole. Oh, no, I back him. Timu Puki. He's so, so good. He's scored six goals in five games. Uh, he scored 29 goals last season in the championship, of course. Um, and he scored a hat-trick against Newcastle. I, I think he's brilliant. And also, he got player of the month for August, which I think was really fairly deserved. So, I think, yeah, Puki for me. Okay, where are you going? Uh, me, well, can Chelsea continue their... They're rich reign of form with their academy English. Man. Oh, right. Okay, All scoring yeah. goals. So, so far, Abraham's got, what, seven? Yeah. Um, he's nicked one as well. What a finish. Well, you wouldn't say Nick. I mean, it's absolutely incredible finish. <laughs> well <outside> the box. <laughs> And obviously, Mason Mount, too, has got three. So, he might be struggling um, for this game. But will another... Will it be one of them? Will it be another one who gets the opportunity to carry that on? I'm staying uh, with the game at the King Power Stadium where I'm going to be on Saturday. James Madison with that perfectly manicured hair, <laughs> that willow-like slender figure that weaves through Premier League defences like he's some sort of spectre. <laughs> um, he's attempted more shots than anyone else in the Premier League this season without scoring. In fact, he's failed to score with his last 28 shots on goal since well, the back end of last season. Just give it to Vardy then, is yeah. the moral of the story. I'm telling you, this weekend is where that ends. It's happening. He is going to score against Tottenham Hotspur. Why are you shaking your head for? Well, because you I don't I, know this. He's there. Well, so I've the been the point of this game. Hang on, hang on. 
I've been that centre forward who's there. That person behind you, he's he's there, right? But he's there to serve you, yeah. right? So serve serve Vardy, mm. and he's feeding off scraps. Stop shooting and yeah. give it to Vardy, otherwise, and he'll score. And he'll otherwise, get the goals. Otherwise, he's going to fall out with you. Exactly. And uh, yeah. there'll be a video on social media <laughs> of uh, you chasing each other down the down the pavement. Right. Thank you very much. Been lovely to have you, Nicole. Thanks thank for coming you. in. Thank you. Been a pleasure. Appreciate and lovely it. for me as well. Or, no. It's always oh, just, great to oh. see you. It's always great to see you. Oh, just nice uh, to see Nicole. Whatever. Uh, let's move on. Right. Uh, remember, you can get the game day feeds via iTunes, Acast, Spotify, or Google Podcast, or anywhere you get your podcast. And if you do that and you subscribe, not only will you get this fantastic, genius 48-minute marathon of Premier League previews, but you'll also get the verdict on a Sunday morning when you wake up, and on Monday morning you'll get the record book with Danny Kelly. That's it from me, Sam Matterface. We'll be back next weekend with another preview to a whole weekend of Premier League action. That was a game day Premier League preview show, a Talk Sport exclusive podcast. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.